Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. time for a uh, live radio show from the community room with this massive audience. <laughs> Jack, what do you what do you have the plague or something? <laughs> I, I think it's in the words of a librarian knees mm-hmm. has to. Yes. We're we're three minutes late for God's sake. We I'm are a little proud. late. Well, if I had to play a song a, uh, with from Lombardi, Sonny, you'd be 18 minutes late. <laughs> You're shameless. I had to play another song from the great Charlie Crockett, Texas. Texas is finest. You're on him lately. I'm a big Charlie Crockett fan. Anyway, hey, I should do my introduction. Coming to you live from Cedarburg, Wisconsin, the futon capital of the world. That's not true. I lied about that. I, no, made, that, I really? made that up. I totally made really? that up. Don't you love me? Oh, man. It's the Jack Henke Show. 60 minutes of lunchtime infotainment for your lunchtime infotainment needs. <laughs> Doctor says you got to get a little lunchtime infotainment. We're here for you. Jack's guests today are, hopefully, Cedarburg Library Director and my boss, Linda Pirshala. She's got a long commute. She does. She does. She might be tied He's up, upstairs on, the, might be tied up on the stairwell. <laughs> oh, God. What a visual. Oh, I'm in trouble already. Did I underscore Jack, my boss? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we also have. I'm tired. St- <laughs> Let her down the stairs. I don't even know if I want to be on the show. <laughs> oh, God. You and everybody else. Get in line. Where were why, why do you think we had a slot open up so easily? <laughs> Get here early. Uh, also, as you just heard, the host of the off ramp, uh, which could be heard here on CPL Radio and local radio, actually national and, and statewide He's a radio and TV personality, the aptly named Bob Smith. <laughs> <laughs> aptly. My uh, my parents didn't anticipate the uh, advertising and uh, you know broadcast career when they named me, so I was stuck with that. <laughs> it's a banner name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one will name their kid Bob. It's a real name. And we also yeah. have today uh, the great Sam Grady, uh, singer-songwriter, uh, kind of a local uh, open mic hero, uh, appearing at uh, you know in Grafton at the N7 Coffee Shop on occasion and also at our own Bluebird Cafe. So she'll be on later at the 1245 section of the show. And... Uh, 
so he's here about we go. to graduate college, I understand. Which is an enormous uh, uh, looks thing. Looks very mature. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, with a diploma, we'll look at you. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And now the man of stellar character. Remarkable wit and stunning intellect. I could go on and on, but I'm having trouble reading his handwriting. <laughs> Jack Hankey, everybody. You and everybody else. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Welcome back for week. We made it to episode number three. Remarkable. And the fiends haven't pulled us off yet. And we are just loving life. Now, there's a lot going on in Cedarburg this week, and that's why nobody's here. But uh, <laughs> we have a lot to cover. And we so, do. Should we start with some Cedarburg news? I think we should. Or, or a modified blurb or news from the other burg? I would really like to start with goes, what goes on over in various parking lots on Highway 60. Well, evidently. Yes. Last week, um, a young lady from Port Washington, Jacqueline Rowley. Oh, you got the name. Yeah. Well, oh, you dig it deep. Was, it was on CBS 50. It was a CBS 58 news story. They grabbed it. Yes. They did. Yes, they grabbed it. I noticed 4, 6, it. and 12 didn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Well, you got to love <laughs> being fourth place and doing what you have to do. That's okay. great. Um, but, yes, she went to Circle B last Friday night, probably because it was my birthday, and she was celebrating too hard. And uh, yeah, I mean, and she probably uh, was. Uh, you know, there's ten pins there, I hear. And if you roll, if you throw a ball, they'll fall over. It's called bowling. <laughs> I think there's more than ten total. Oh, right. Uh, yes. Here she is, long uh, commute. We, Linda Pershall yeah. is here in the house, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like I should introduce her again, as I had said earlier. He really sucked up big time. It was big. I said, uh, you know, Jack's guest today, our Cedarburg Library Director and my boss, That's Linda Pershall. Uh, yes. We heard you were tied up in the stairwell. <laughs> the commute was rough. <laughs> it was from upstairs. So we were talking a bit about uh, what's going on over at Circle B. Yeah, and uh, she evidently. Was getting plowed. Well, so, <laughs> so she wisely decided, and this is where the controversy comes in, because if you go on Facebook, I'm getting a little echo. Yeah, a little bit, a little uh, bit. Yep, there we go. If you go on Facebook, the people are both pro and con it corrections. Got it and, got ugly. And not a little mild-mannered no, either. People no, no. are either, she she's the a-hole or the C Circle B's the a-hole. One, one of the gentlemen said maybe she should have went in and told uh, the proprietors of Circle B that um, she was going to leave her car overnight, and then someone responded, you must be a Democrat. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. Yeah, that was <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> <laughs> Republicans don't get parked in. They don't Is get parked it? in, no. Apparently not. So she so. left her car. We didn't even get to the whole story. She the car overnight, yep. and it was the night of the blizzard, Yep. and even though it wasn't as bad a blizzard as they predicted, it was still a blizzard, and the next morning, she came to retrieve her car with her father. Oh, I didn't know her father came Oh, along. yeah. See, yeah. the story is getting more and more interesting well, by the minute. Yes, it is, and you know, it's got to be kind of with your tail between your legs when you're, you're bringing your father to get your, from your car from the bowling alley where he had too much <laughs> hey, to Dad, drink. Hey, yeah, Dad, come yeah. dig me yeah, out. Yeah. And, well, she didn't know that she was plowed in at that That's point. That's true. That is true. They got, to the, they got to the parking lot, and her car was plowed in. Do you see this, Linda? I heard about it. You heard about it? <laughs> Firsthand? Were you with her? No. 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 <laughs> every, every, the, the snow plow put all the snow in every direction around her They car. just kind of compressed her into like a brick, like you would do at like Fort Knox. It was just like you could not get the car. I mean, it yeah. took some work. Oh, yeah. Some skills. Well, it took so much work, in fact, that um, she um, inadvertently broke her car, apparently, when she was digging it out. Yeah, some yes. pieces came off. <laughs> pieces she showed, came she off. showed those on the, They're all on Facebook. Uh, the news clip. Yeah. We are not telling tales out of school here. So, 
and she went in to talk to the Circle B guy, evidently he said, what was he supposed to do with the snow? He said, snow happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> snow did happen. The snow was flying. Yes. So this has not been resolved yet. We haven't heard the last of it. No, apparently, uh, I think where we're at right now, so again, like you said, CBS 58 did grab the story and ran with it. Um, not quite the Woodward and Bernstein, <laughs> you know, reportage as I was expecting well, for this story. <laughs> you're, you're doing hearsay from Facebook well, and CBS 50. Absolutely. At the tail end of the show, uh, what, um, what we now have, what I like to call the uh, Jack Hankey International uh, Radio Thespians, Master Thespians, of Ozaukee County, uh, put together a, um, a bit of radio drama. We decided to take all the Facebook comments, and we uh, made a very dramatic reading of all these comments. So at the end of this broadcast, you can hear that. Uh, the very first foray into uh, great, great acting. How old are you? <laughs> Sam is, is a 22-year-old. She doesn't know. Foray. You should be embarrassed. Venture? <laughs> it's a library. Oh, I have God. to impress my boss. We're a place of words. <laughs> I like foray. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you. Well, Thank she, you. she said it correctly. <laughs> Foray wrote a lot of good music, too. Yeah. Foray. <laughs> yeah. Wrote this one for Ray. So there we go. So I don't know. We'll have to check in on that story next week and see where it's at. I'm sure if, it won't be I, unfolding. I bet Geico's involved by now. I would hope <laughs> I'm so. I'm thinking maybe, you know, at a minimum. So. Last I saw, there was a former insurance agent and lawyer who was weighed in on this. So okay. he's on her side. We should have them on the show. We we'll reach out during yes, the week. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Scott, yeah. get on there. <laughs> so, a couple right. other things going on. Yes. Um, the robotics team, the Hexhounds, got their seat from Cedarburg. We're big Hexhound fans here. We are. They got their challenge for the year, so they have begun work on getting ready for their competition this year. And we're going to have a Hexhound guest representative, Very whether soon. it's Mr. Kniez or Ann Dank or someone from the high school, whomever we can get. Absolutely. We love the Hexhounds. We love that they are a brainy competition. Competition and but all kinds of physical stuff too, and they really have team spirit. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's um, and they make great pancakes. They do with M and M's in them, and they're going to be doing it again at Winterfest. I'll be there the Sunday of absolutely. Winterfest. They're yep. going to have pancakes again. A big fundraiser for them. So with M and M's. With M and M's. On a sad note, yes. um, a friend of, of mine, um, she was, I've known her my whole life. Lynn Hoffman uh, passed away this past week. She was mm. a lovely, the definition of lovely, a lovely, lovely person. She was one of those mothers of your friends who, even though you guys, you're slobs all the time, she was always still nice to you, never yelled at you, never raised her voice. She was just a lovely person. She was always nice to you? Yes. Wow. Yes. She's, that is a wow. She's a saint. <laughs> she was. She was. She really was something. And um, we hope to have uh, her husband, Dave Hoffman, who's also an unofficial Cedarburg historian. No. Uh, the kind of history you don't read in books too much. That's the kind we like. Dave's got it. All right. He's got it. He's a walking encyclopedia of Cedarburg. May have to give him a regular slot on the show. Yes. <laughs> and um, the other big news two people are there's one liquor license and two people vying for I it. I finally stumbled upon Only that in story Wisconsin. last yeah. night. <laughs> there's not enough liquor licenses in Cedarburg. <laughs> Linda, you look like you you have knowledge of this subject. I, I have heard of that. I saw it in the paper. <laughs> it's big time. It is big time. I mean, it makes a big deal on people's business whether they can serve alcohol. And it's between the new winery and 
The shinery. The, shinery. the winery and the, the shinery. <laughs> no, that's perfect. <laughs> what could be better? I love that. Now, I have to say, did they run out of ink on their printer? How hard it is to print out another liquor license? I mean, you know, you hit F, F6 ah, or This whatever. is all by Wisconsin state okay, statutes. Right. You can't be fooling around with that. This is governmental stuff, and everybody knows how logical that is. <laughs> so uh, the, so. The, it's the winery versus the shinery. We should right. have a face-off. We, that, that is a competition that we should bring competition. to this, to this uh, broadcast. I if think, you want to vote. Future. Get there them in. Oh, there we go. All I, right. I also have one more last Berg thing. Yes. And that is Cedarberg's unassuming icon, Jack Freeze, who was who coached baseball here yeah. for like 150 years. <laughs> and he was a great, great athlete himself. He's been a guest of Liveish and Fiveish, and we'll have here, him on here again. I'm throwing this out to the Cedarberg experts out in the world. Um, there's a book I'm holding in my hand, thanks to Bulldog, Reflections of a Small Town Santa. It's a st- true story about Santa Claus. It was written by Bob Lytak, who was an, uh, an attorney here in town. Jack Freeze's question is, uh, there's a the woman who, he, Bob was the Santa for, many, for 12 years. Um, and then he also had a Mrs. Santa, and her name was Anne. And there, Jack Freeze has started a search for this missing Anne. So if anybody has any information, hmm. you can... Send it into the new Facebook page for the show. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jack Hanke Show Facebook page or uh, well, CPL, CPL Radio. You can do the CPL yeah. Radio page, too. They're yeah, all linked Either up. one. Not a problem. But uh, we'd like to get some more information on it. So, it's um, kind of a small town mystery is what we it have is. here. We're unearthing. We need a Columbo, a small town Columbo to say, uh, one more thing. And uh, there are, where is Mrs. Claus? And there are a ton of them because... <laughs> There's more Cedarburg Facebook pages. I just ser- recently joined <laughs> yes. Cedarburg Uncensored. That have one's ever, have you heard I of that haven't one? heard of that one. That one's fun. They get down and dirty in that Ooh. one on each other. They don't. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's a it's an open oh. forum, but they're not afraid to swing at each really? other. Really? Yeah. It might be a little too open a forum. No, no, no. no. They're just having fun, kind of. Are they? All right. <laughs> I get um, nervous when I read it. I start to sweat. <laughs> so that's that's all the news I have about right. from Cedarburg. Do we want to do no? Pork was the other white meat. Yes. And there's another... You're talking to the Jewish guy in the room about this. <laughs> Real good. Yeah. Okay. What can I do for you? You're yeah. being very juvenile. I hope my parents <laughs> Underline are Jew. Absolutely. Um, the, the, so pork's the other white meat. Newburgh is the other burg. The other burg. That's true. Um, so we, this, our fascination with Newburgh started... We're very fascinated with Newburgh. Back in the, the Livish and Fivish, at Livish at Fivish days. You're being very generous because what some people, what you call fascination, other people would call character assassination. No, 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 no. It's all transparent. It's It's unbelievable. It started with a, a story we found in the news graphic from this past summer where in Newburgh they had problems with the Ethics Commission. They did. They mm-hmm. were, the it seems the Ethics Commission was repeatedly bringing up ethics questions. So <laughs> the acting czar of Newburgh said, I have a solution. We're going to get rid of the Ethics Commission. So, so there's no more. <laughs> that solves that. Now, if, if only we had that in Washington, there would be no impeachment trial. I think we could all get back to our soap operas but, and game shows. But here's the thing. The, the writer who wrote that for the news graphic has never heard from again. That was really interesting. Lisa That's Curtis, doesn't know how to, did, former editor of the news right. graphic, did not know where to find him. She couldn't find him. So we think something happened to him. Oh. Untoward. A little worried. <laughs> That's Newburgh. a mystery. Yeah, it is a mystery. Another one. Yeah. So we're looking for... If He's probably by Mrs. Claus. <laughs> yeah. Hiding. Hiding. <laughs> if there's an intrepid Newburgian, yeah. Newburger, out there who wants to be our Newburg correspondent to set us straight. But 
to, to make sure we don't twist the news about Newburgh, <laughs> I went to the Newburgh Facebook page mm. that's put on by the village of Newburgh, Newburgh, and I found some more treasures. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And um, <laughs> this is from September 13th, 2019. Now remember, I'm not adding any extras in here. This is from the Newburgh uh, Facebook page. Right. The village regrets that the public oath of office ceremony for Fire Chief Mark Chesick was canceled yesterday. The administrating, administering of the oath was carried out one hour earlier than planned at the request of Chief Chesick due to a number of disparaging, hostile, or otherwise political, verbal, and written complaints received yesterday. Hmm. <laughs> when was the last time a fire chief ever was the, the target of that kind of thing. It's usually not a uh, position that's, uh, you know, replete with controversy. Right. <laughs> Put the fire out. Right. That's really the big thing. You know? the, the post <laughs> continues. It would have been wholly appropriate for villagers to call on the village clerk to explain why the village was planning to administer an oath, as well, an oath to the chief of an independent fire protection organization, but that generally did not happen. Instead, Chief Chesick and his family were accosted with accusations of impropriety and unethical behavior. Hmm. It is appropriate for each American to question our governments and those in power, but that is with healthy skepticism and inquiry, not the poison of relentless vitriol. Wow. Now, the, the, <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on, but the point is, and I'm, I can't share all of them, there's more posts from Newburgh that are <laughs> very, very... Unsavory? No, <laughs> unique. I mean, you, you know, said it, Bob, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember, the a, reporters, remember the reporter's missing. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's, let's, let's remind everyone, too, that this is a, um, this is a village that uh, population totals in 2010 were uh, 1,254. They have since dropped in 2018 to 1,212. So, um, that's a lot of vitriol for you know, 1,200 people. Size, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. an interesting place. When's the last time you were in Newburgh? Anybody here there recently? Yes. Go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they have a great the River Edge is there. True. And they have the River Edge ride that I've done a few, more than a few times. That's great. And there's right. some nice establishments in Newburgh that are okay. great to visit. But um, it just seems for a, a burg of that size, it has a lot going on. Absolutely. We should note that uh, on their Wikipedia page, uh, under notable people in Newburgh, is a Joseph Chesick, who was a Wisconsin businessman and legislator who worked in Newburgh. What was the name of the fire, uh, last name of the fire, fire person? I believe it was Chesick Okay, I'm just well. curious. Okay, I just wanted to check in on that. That's all good. We should go to commercial, everybody. Um, Commercials? Absolutely. This we is do. public radio. It is, but our streaming like people like to have us to uh, save us some money if we uh, play Excellent. things for all. Stream on. Home Depot and Lowe's and things like that. Come back in about two minutes. And and we will actually exactly two minutes. We'll have our first guest on, Library Director Linda Prashala. Come the on back, cheese. everybody. Absolutely. There we go. <laughs> We're back on the Jack Henke Show. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, and joining us for lunch. I'd like to remind you that today's uh, underwriters for the show are the CPL Friends of the Library. Stop down to their used bookstore, buy the book, which is in our main doorway when you walk in, and it's a little bit off to the right. And uh, they're open tomorrow. Come on in and uh, you know buy, buy stuff. Buy a book. Buy, buy many books. Two things. Yes. Politically, they're not off to the right. They're that's, right, they're no, right down the right center. No, yeah. they're, they're physically off to the you right. You will find both ideologies in their room. Okay. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, <laughs> I did notice this, truly, yes. uh, cash and check only. That absolutely is true. So it's trade. important to remember we come to buy books. That Don't bring yes. plastic. Leave your plastic at home. Yep. So bring your bouncing checks and <laughs> get all the books you want. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Speaking of the library, 
The big cheese is here. I am the big cheese. I'm Lin- excited to be here. You sound excited. You I feel sound like excited. I'm on NPR. <laughs> really? I do. <laughs> Only without the dignity, I yeah. think. Yeah, we're indignant. So, Linda, how long have you been the Cedarburg Library Director? Well, that's an exciting question, it is. Jack. It's, it's Thanks a for softball. throwing me a yeah. softball. There you go. Enjoy this one. I I started here six months before we built this beautiful new building, so I had six months in the uh, interesting place next door that had uh, paper-thin walls and leaky ceilings. So I was in there for six months, and then fortunately we got to build this beautiful library that we have now. So it's been about five and a half years. Yeah, and it really is a fantastic facility. Every time I walk in, I'm still Mm -hmm. like, wow. Because I remember the old library, and that was what I remember using, and right down to the bathroom keys that you had to get that were always being used or Mm -hmm. something, but um, it was something else, the old And I'll have you know, Jack, that bathroom was right next to my office, so I had (laughs) lovely acoustics when I was working. (laughs) Only six months. (laughs) That wasn't me. (laughs) That that once. Um, So it was 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so we built, we opened in July 2014. And... I'm doing some research on the library. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Jack. I'm impressed. (laughs) Wow, really? (laughs) That's all? I just had to say that without really doing it? No, um, it's amazing all the things you have going here, but the other amazing thing is that it doesn't seem like enough people know about all the things you have going here. You know, that is our one problem, and it's a big problem, because we do so much here. We have events, we have programs, we have classes, we have resources. Um, We have so much going on here that I feel it's not getting communicated well enough out into the community, or people come in and didn't realize, oh, you have a 3D printer, or oh, you have tech classes to help my aging parents use the computer. So what we really want to do is get the word out better and market ourselves better, and um, so that community members know what we're doing if they use the library or if they even do not use the library. So that's what we want to work on. Well, you said it's a it's a problem, but it would really be a problem if you didn't have that, those things going on. I mean, yeah. the, the, the great thing is you do have these things, and it's just like we just got to pull back the curtains and let everybody understand mm-hmm. what you're really all about. Mm-hmm. I agree. And is it... it one of the one of the brainchilds is you're using right now CPL radio. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of the very few in the. How many are in the country? We are currently one of two. The other one is in Memphis. Although those fools uh, built a tower and decided to do a terrestrial radio station, which is about twenty thousand dollars a month electric electric bill. We don't do that here. <laughs> twenty thousand a month. I could use yeah. that budget. <laughs> um, but what do you think, Linda? Is the biggest unknown gem about the library? If you had to point to one thing and you said, oh, I wish they knew this. Hmm. We have a lot of gems. Mm -hmm. I think... well, we're going to be starting a maker space. That's going to be a new new thing, so we want to get the word out on that. What, 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 what is a maker space? Okay, thank you. Good segue. So a maker space is a place where you can create. Um, it's sort of an idea generator. We'll move the 3D printers, the digital lab, and we're going to get other tech equipment to go into that space. Um, It'll be a community space where people can do projects or individual projects. 
community projects or individual projects. And it, it's just a, a way of people to, to create and make things and um, do group things or individual projects. That is so cool. Like the things that you have to move are unbelievable that, that they're available in a library. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be for teens and adults uh, where the adult DVDs used to be. Wait, wait, wait. Adult DVDs. Not, not. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's clarify because I may have to go over and check something else. I think they're talking mature content. <laughs> Thank you. It, it only goes up to R. <laughs> Jack still has Jack still a few people who still subscribes to Cinemax. <laughs> Skinemax. We hardly knew you. Oh, uh, you know, I have a question for you, Linda. This is something I've oh never boy. asked you. Uh-oh. This will be good. It's not too much of a loaded question, I don't think. But what was your very first library job? How did, how did you get into this world? Uh, what, why libraries? Why? How did it happen? Uh, I started, well, I wanted to be a writer. And then my dad said, well, how are you going to make any money? <laughs> so then I got a library science degree and thought I would write on the side. But then, of course, I started working, and I didn't have time to write on the side. <laughs> But my first library job was in West Chicago, at a West Chicago public library. And then I worked at an academic library after that at Illinois Benedictine University in the Chicago suburbs. And then from there, I came back to Wisconsin, worked at Waukesha Library, and was director at Whitefish Bay Library, and then came here. So I think it was just always a love of books, yeah. love of reading and writing, and Figured I needed to make a living some way and liked <laughs> libraries, thought they were a pleasant place, so that's where it started. Absolutely. So you were from Wisconsin? Mm -hmm. I grew up in Cedarburg. Wow. Yes, I yes. was. I'm, that's great. You're a young'un. Yeah, I'm a young'un. I'm a, I'm a lifer. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, and do you ever think in your wildest dreams you'd be back here at no. places? <laughs> wow, that was quick and definite. Wow, that wow. was actually a new land no. speed no. record. No. That was, a, no. that was no. awesome. Well, nobody, nobody thinks about their hometown. They're going to stay there. It's, no. Everybody yeah. wants to get out when right. they're like a yeah. teenager. i got to get out of here. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you realize years later, that's a pretty nice place to live. Yeah, and it kind of happened. I was at uh, Strawberry Fest, ran into the mayor at the time, which was Literally? Kip Kinzel, who oh. I went to high school with. And he said they were building a new library, and the director, current director was retiring, and maybe you want to think about wow. this opportunity. So that's how it started. All over a strawberry slushy. Yeah, it was pretty much. <laughs> it was a red cup, for sure. <laughs> well, how different? You said the first one was West Chicago Public Library. That'd mm -hmm. be a little different than... Hooterberg right here. It was a little different. It was a, um, it was a Chicago suburb in the West suburbs. Um, yeah, different environment. It was an original Carnegie Library. Um, pretty old. They had a building project that failed a referendum. So. Um, it was just kind of in a sad condition. There were cockroaches in the basement, and it was a wow. little, a little uh, <laughs> rough around the edges. They've since built a new library, but that's where, that was my first job. Mom. Mm -hmm. But you made it back. You made it out. I made it out. <laughs> made it back <laughs> you, you, here. You climbed back. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, um, on especially in the winter, there's so much for kids and adults to to mm -hmm. get their brain going and other things as well. So it's just a great place to be. And uh, do you know that that I love this, this that quote by Paula Poundstone? You ever heard of Paula Poundstone? Yes. Do you know the quote? She She's got a lot of quotes. <laughs> well, yeah, well, this, is, this one's about library. She said, the truth is libraries are raucous clubhouses for free speech, controversy, and community. 
Librarians have stood up to the Patriot Act, sat down with noisy toddlers, and reached out to illiterate adults. Libraries can never be shushed. Oh, that I love that. Absolutely. That's great. That's a great quote. Yeah, it's that very true. Yeah, it is true. Mm-hmm. And you know, you hear about book banning and and crazy stuff like that, and Huck Finn getting banned, and yeah, all the things. But library still is a place for people, no matter what income bracket you're in. You can mm-hmm. still, you know, people thought when the internet came on that was the end of libraries, but it certainly wasn't. I no, mean, not at all. Far from it. And there's so much help you can get here. You have a great staff. They're very helpful, mm-hmm. except for Jeff. They are. <laughs> Is usually hiding somewhere when I'm, whenever I have a, a need or a question or a problem. I'm in the basement with the cockroaches. Yeah. Well, what do you mean with them? <laughs> One of them. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> but uh, it, it really is, it's just a great, great place to, you can just come here and think. You know, it's quiet enough, mm-hmm. but it's, it's noisy enough. And you can bring tr- food and drinks in here now, right? Well, you can't bring a full meal, Jack. Leave the lasagna wait, at wait, home, Jack. You, you can bring your candy bar and a wrapper, and you can throw it away when you're done, but we don't want to see see you in here with your pizza. Well, dang. Well, it, still, it's a lot different. When I was a kid, you'd be sneaking stuff in the library. The librarian came around, you had to stop chewing. And <laughs> hold your you breath. hide it. Yes. 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 Speaks from experience. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you don't want to feed those cockroaches. You, just want, you want to keep it all to yourself. We don't want cockroaches. <laughs> That's right. No. That's right. So That's eat your food sure. neatly. Okay. So you can kind of have food sometimes if it's approved. You can bring in your coffee with a lid. lid. You can bring in your drink with a lid. You can bring in your snacks, small snacks in a container, and that's fine. Excellent. Okay, coffee and water. I'm I'm in. Anything else you want to put? I your gotta get a lid. Yeah. I'll be right back. Would you please? Yes. Well, I've been telling you put, put a, a lid, lid on, on it. it. Yes. <laughs> in, in in chorus. I feed the lions. And I get a knockback. You feed to the me. lions. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I've been fed to the lions. So, so yeah. And we got some you know very exciting stuff here at the library. And uh, you know it's winter time, so stock up on books. We still have books too, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know that's all the exciting stuff. You know it's still. I'm in the middle of Salman Rushdie's new one actually called. Uh, Key shot, which is mm. outstanding. It's really? really, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a satire on uh, modern life. So, and uh, yeah, it's a wonderful place. Satire doesn't fly around here. Uh, it's it's one of the last places <laughs> it does fly. Uh, so yeah, great. And also DVDs. If you still have a DVD player, you have DVDs. And if you're uh, Blu-rays as well. If you have a library card, you can uh, get Canopy. Mm-hmm. Right. Canopy is great. If you with a K. With a K, yeah. yes. And you, if you have a library card and you can stream it at home, and it's a lot of independent films, um, and they have a lot documentaries. Of, yeah, but they also have popular movies as well. Yeah. And a lot of mm-hmm. titles that you say, what, what the heck yeah. ever happened? Like The Big Night. It was, one of, it was a great mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, never oh, risotto. can't find anywhere. Yeah. Risotto. It's R- all about the risotto. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> so, And you, Sir. you're the... Obscure movie weirdo, you love <laughs> Canopy. I do. <laughs> your poor, what's you going get, on with your cinema club? Speaking of obscure titles, did pretty well this month. We uh, screened. Uh, good heavens, I wasn't ready for this question, Jack. We good. did. Uh, yes, uh, we did. Uh, we did a wonderful film with the late Robert Mitchum uh, from 1973 called "The Friends of Eddie Coyle," mm-hmm. uh, shot in Boston, and uh, excellent movie. Very mm-hmm. good. No crime, subtitles. Crime no, it was an actual no, no domestic. Full, no faux intelligence. English yeah. across the board. 
hard. Absolutely. English. Well, it's Boston Mar- English. So. Yeah, I was going to say, Mitchum mumbles a lot. <laughs> yeah, there, no, he was, he was yeah, great. It was all right. Yeah. It worked out well. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> had great eyes. Absolutely. And great dimple. All right, so <laughs> you got that going on. Yep. That's the obscure stuff. You yep. got mainstream stuff going on here, too. So all in all, pretty damn good place. We are an active place, and I think and with uh, CPL Radio and Jack, thanks for so much with your help with the radio, and I know you guys have Putting fun up at with it. Jeff. And, yeah. <laughs> Not everybody can. Bob, <laughs> Bob does the show, but only he says one hour a week. That's it. And he does it from home, so he doesn't even That's come right. in. He doesn't, even, he doesn't have to deal with me at all. <laughs> Email only. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Everything today is reinforcing my decision. Yes. <laughs> but this, I want to encourage people to be on the, you know, be a part of the noon program yep. and talk about their Cedarburg stories, and we can have our own little Cedarburg story core here yep. with. Um, people's stories about their past or experiences in Cedarburg, and we can archive them and collect them. A lot yep. of history, a lot of history. And um, I would like to say, even beyond Cedarburg, small town experience, if you had it somewhere else, it's still, wherever you are in America, if you're in New York City, you're from a small town. Everybody lives in neighborhoods, you know, so mm-hmm. you can be a snob all you want, but small town stories are great, and it's always the people that make it interesting. Yeah. That, that's what really does it. So you're right. Come come down and sit in the audience. There's a, a chair or two open. And also, um, if you have an idea for a guest, let us know on our Facebook page. Send them in, somebody, why you think they'd be a great guest, because we're open to getting people who are interesting and want to share their stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Bob. What? I'm going to go to Bob. Bob? Yeah, he's the guy next to Linda. The guy trying to sneak out? <laughs> so Bob Smith is also here. He is a CPL radio luminary. Well, that's a nice thing to say. Yeah. Well, that's the last one. So Okay, well, good. <laughs> At least I got that. But, uh, no, uh, very pleased to have you here because you, you, looking up, doing a little research five minutes before the show, I found out <laughs> that you're uh, a very interesting dude, and you've had a lot of interesting interviews over the years. Mm-hmm. And like, tell us about yourself to start with. Well, I, uh, I started in radio. I went to college and was in radio. And I worked in radio for 10 years. And I worked in uh, medium-sized cities like Dubuque, Iowa, and places like that. Mm-hmm. But they were places where they had you know good concert venues and stuff. And so we had people, major entertainers would come through. And you're in a small, it's like a small town story, right? You're fighting for other media people for a story, but you're not fighting the networks, right? Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate to in, interview people like George Burns and Bob Hope and uh, Helen Hayes and Loretta Lynn and Rich Little, all these entertainers when I was in my 20s. And uh, I even was in a limousine ride with George Burns for hmm, an hour and a half, and I kept the recorder running. He didn't know that. So at one point he said, I think he got enough. <laughs> and I said, okay, and I pulled the mic out, but I, my recorder had an internal mic, so I just kept it running. And, and actually I'm going to do a show on that with some of those recordings, because we talked about everything about boxing and everything else. Anyway, I was fortunate to meet a lot of people, mm-hmm. and fortunately, I saved all the recordings, and mm-hmm. I digitized them years ago. And then I went into marketing. I was worked in advertising in this town, for uh, or in Milwaukee, a couple ad agencies, and then I ended up uh, working at Rockwell in um, marketing, global mm-hmm. marketing. I was a brand director, and I was there for 20 years. And then the last 15 years, my wife and I, uh, Marcia Smith, yes, that's her name, uh, <laughs> we had a marketing communications firm. We worked out of the house, but we worked for you know major clients like Lockheed Martin and John Deere and people like that, writing, writing and producing videos 
and scripts and everything. So I've had a very interesting life. I've been very fortunate. Mm -hmm. I've just had all kinds of interesting encounters. And so now that I'm in the declining years, as they start calling it when you're, <laughs> I hate that term, uh, when you're, you know, you're in your retirement years, I'm, I'm 68. So I thought, I'm just going to do a podcast and I'm just going to start resurrecting a lot of these recordings and meeting new people to interview. So that's what led to why I'm here today, I guess. Excellent. Too, so, long, too long of an answer, was no, no, okay. no, no. We expected that. Jeff said, "Let him, let him have a leash. <laughs> let him give him, let out some slack." A little verbose, but he's interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So, who is the most interesting person you would say that you have interviewed, and why? Okay. Um, well, the fun, most fun person I interviewed was Bobby Goldsboro. Remember Bobby oh, yeah. Goldsboro? He did uh, Honey and all these songs. and Watching Bobby Grow yeah, or something, whatever it was. He invited me to his uh, hotel room before the show, and I went there, and he was just the most fun person, talking and joking. He did those, those little ribbit sound effects and everything. And he, he was so much more of an entertainer, much more widely. I guess, I guess he, he needed a lot more credit than he ever got because people think of the Honey song, you know. Mm -hmm. But he had toured with the Beatles before they were... Uh, you know, before they were big, he was Roy Orbison's guitar player. Really? He and Roy Orbison wrote a lot of songs together, and he had this very interesting I love career. Roy yeah, and then he, he talked about the, the you know, he says then I did the Honey song, then I got all these songs about a wife died. You know, then you know I did watching Scotty grow, and I got all these kid songs from people. You know, uh -huh. it was interesting to hear him. But I guess George Burns is the one that I think of the most because uh, when Mike went years later after I did this, uh, when I was living here in Cedarburg, my kids were going to Cedarburg Public Schools in 19. 94 or something. George Burns, I think, was 97 at the time. He was 84 when I met him. And I wrote to him, and I said, um, Mr. Burns, I don't know if you remember me. I interviewed you and went through this whole thing. And I said, and now, I said, I want to tell you about two new fans you have, and they're Chelsea and Benjamin Smith. And I said, they go to bed every night listening to George Burns and Gracie Allen radio shows, and they know about, <laughs> went through the characters and all of this stuff. And I said, it would be a little thing for you, but a big thing for them if you could autograph, a personal autograph picture for them. Wow. And then weeks and weeks went by and nothing happened and all of a sudden one day I was at work and my wife calls me she goes well George came through and I came home and there was a package there and these these two photographs 8 by 10 glossies with this real shaky old man's handwriting you know to Ben all my best George Burns to Chelsea all my best so that told me so much about that man, kind of the old line entertainers and how important the audience was to him, mm -hmm. that even when he was in his almost 100 years old and he had absolutely no economic need to do this, to right. cater to people, he did that. Just a good guy who knew how to treat people. So he's probably the most remarkable person I met in that regard. So. Really? Very, very interesting. Okay, so he's most remarkable. Who's the most unremarkable person you've ever interviewed? I don't think we talk about those people. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because entertainers aren't always entertaining. When, no, they're, when no. they're not on, they're, they're not on. They're I'll tell you one thing that's interesting, and you've probably read this, that entertainers, um, in the old days at least, a lot, most of the entertainers from, I'd say, 50, 60, 70, up to maybe the 90s, and I don't know about today's because I don't go out and talk to those people, amazingly, so many short people. I mean, I don't know if it's part of the makeup of a person who's short that they always want to try to, you know, show people what they're doing and they can be better than them. But all these people were short. They were shorter than me, and I'm only only five ten, you know. So they were like, me a little longer, a little shorter than me, and it was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Okay, who was yeah. the shortest person you ever? Uh, <laughs> Rich Little. I was ready for that. Yeah. One. Tom Thumb. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, and, then I'm, and fortunately, I also was, uh, my wife, when we, she met me, we were interviewing 
Well, here's a funny story. Okay, I'll say this is this is in conjunction with interviewing. So I went uh, to interview Louise Mandrell, which was Barbara Mandrell's yeah. sister, at a county fair, and I didn't really want to go. And I thought, all right, this is somebody famous's sister, although she'd been on TV. And so I went, and my wife, unbeknownst to me, a future wife, was a newspaper reporter, and she went because her she was causing ruckus in the newsroom, and her uh, editor said, go cover that story tonight. So she got there, not happy to be there. So I got there, and I saw this woman with a reporter's notebook, and young woman, my age, I was only about 20, uh, 30, somewhere out there. And uh, I said, excuse me, is this where the interview is going to take place? And she turned around, looked me up and down, and said, who the hell are you? Ah. Of course, love at first sight, right? Yeah, I mean, right. You're a future nowhere, husband. Nowhere to go but up. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I thought, well, nothing's going to happen with this woman, all right. <laughs> Have to spend an hour with her. But we had a good time at the interview and everything. And from that, we, you know, we just quickly fell in love. So that was kind of a fun, and that was one of the last interviews I ever did. It was like, okay. So your marriage is basically uh, because of Louise Mandrell. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wheezy, not, wheezy, not, we not call Not everybody her. can claim that. <laughs> yeah. That's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> we should talk about Bob's show. That's right here on CPL Radio, The Off-Ramp, which is uh, Sunday nights at... 6 p.m. Central, and uh, he is a lead into Jerry Anderson's History Spaces show, and uh, Bob's been doing that for about a year yeah, now yeah. for us, and uh, I think we've done 39 or something like sounds that. Sounds about right. Yeah, great, uh, great stuff. My favorite is the uh, Wolfman Jack. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Because uh, actually, Wolfman's inter- name inter- is Bob Smith. Now, that is, that's another one. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that, but I have a picture of me sitting next to Wolfman Jack. It's Bob Smith next to Bob Smith, and he autographed it saying, you wear that thing better than I do. <laughs> well, you know why we call him Bulldog Jeff. No, why? Because there was Wolfman Jack, and oh. Cedarburg has has to have its own Bulldog Jeff. And if I keep eating as much as I do, I get jowlier by the day. So we so have to explain for <laughs> anybody listening, Bulldog Jeff is manning the audio board right now. Well, no, that is, oh, that oh, okay. That's the, that's the doc. Yes. <laughs> that's the I thought we were giving um, you credit. Oh, this bull Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Oh, my boss, Jeff, who I submit my programs to, of course. Yes. Yeah. And I love how it's great because Bob sometimes will submit his programs for Sunday night. Um, 15 minutes before about eight minutes before airtime. I pulled my car off of an icy road to get Bob's show on on time on a Sunday night. So it's really exciting. He keeps uh, he keeps me young. It's kind of a breakneck pace. Uh, Sunday nights are uh, are a little tense, but I, I love it. I actually I, I'm I've been kind of grown used to that. And I like I like that delivery now. Well, that texting way. is very crucial <laughs> to critical. everyday life. You know, if I hear that trill in my you know in my phone, it's like oh Bob's show is ready. <laughs> Do you want me to talk so. about this interview that uh, is uh, going to be? Please. on? Yeah, absolutely. Give it a little preview. <laughs> okay, uh, so. So um, Saturday, uh, see, uh, Sunday night, yep. uh, there's going to be, uh, we're going to interview an author, which I'm sure the library is appreciative of. Um, I've been watching lately Boswell Books. I get their um, news, uh, their newsletter. That's a bookstore in Milwaukee, and they're one of the few in the area that does author interviews. And I thought, gee, I think I'm missing. It'd be kind of fun to interview these people. And I saw that a woman named Candace, Candace Taylor was going to be there with a book called The Overground Railroad, The Green Book, and the Roots of Black travel in America. And I thought, that sounds interesting, because if you've seen that movie, you know, the Green Book was a book, This is that was a movie about a musician traveling yeah. with a white driver. Remember that? Won the big one last year. Yeah. Academy Award winner, yeah. And uh, the Green Book was a book that was published in the 30s through the 60s to help black motorists uh, nav- navigate a lot of the discrimination in the country to find safe places. So I thought, well, that'll be an interesting interview. 
And the funny thing is, Jeff, you talk about, uh, you know, not getting notification until the last minute. I I sent my note to Boswell saying, hey, I'd like to interview this person if it's okay to come to your event or whatever. And they said, well, we don't, you know, she's very busy that day, but I'll send information off to them. I didn't hear anything until the Packer game. I'm watching the Packer game and I get a text saying, hey, can Daisy can speak with you at nine in the morning? Is that okay? And I'm thinking, I haven't even read the book. I didn't think anything was happening. So I said, okay, but can we move it to 11? And then with my wife's help, I downloaded the book on Kindle and raced through it. And I was prepared at 11 o'clock to talk to her. Now, this takes off where that Green Book movie, you know, left off. Uh, many of us are unaware there was once a thriving, rising middle class of black businesses and black entrepreneurs and black professionals, very strong in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And um, once they were able to afford automobiles, they began to face new kinds of discrimination. And black people had never driven cars out on the road before. And sure. they were stopped regularly. Like, who's this car? And had to, very interesting stories. They had to make up pretending it wasn't their car because oh the officer might get upset that they could afford this car and on my salary, yeah. I can't. And that's one of the stories in this yeah, book. Her, very, step, her stepfather that's right. um, was stopped. And when he was a boy, when he was a boy, seven parents, years old, and he never understood there was a chauffeur's cap That's hanging right. in the car, chauffeur's cap in the car. And that was a story that Candace says she was getting as she was researching this book that a lot of black people and middle class people always had a, a hat hanging in the back of the car. And as a seven year old, he didn't know what the car that was for. But when the officer stopped his uh, his father, he said, whose car is this and who are these people and where are you going? And so he pretend. he said, this is my employer's car. And he pointed to his wife and he says, this is the maid and that's her son and I'm taking them home. Wow. And the officer said, well, where's your, where's your hat? And he goes, well, it's, it's hanging in the back. And little Ron, seven-year-old, said, until that moment, he didn't know why that was there, but that opened his eyes as a kid. He remembered that yeah. the rest of his life. And it's interesting. How could you forget it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He eventually became a major official in the Ohio prison system. He even went into law enforcement himself. But even after that, after he retired, whenever uh, they'd go on trips, he would load the car with food from these old habits of you don't know if somebody's going to serve you at a restaurant. You don't know if it's gonna, somebody's going to repair your car or give you gasoline. They would put canisters. Of, they had to do all this in order to just to take a drive somewhere. Mm. And that book, so it, the interesting is Candace went to these sites where all these hotels and people were that were listed in this book, that all these establishments, and she started finding they're all in depressed, terrible neighborhoods. And she realized this isn't the, the America that Victor Green wrote about when he published this book. These were prosperous places that black business people were. So from that, she started saying, well, why did that all change? And it's a complicated story, but she tells it very well. Yeah. And she salts and peppers the book with all these personal stories, too. Mm -hmm. So I, I said to my wife, I bought this book just to find out about this green book. I said, I learned so much. Mm -hmm. I did, especially as a white person, things I never, ever, ever knew or Absolutely. experienced. And she says, even her, she is a, a young I'd say young, she's in her 40s, I'm not, um, uh, uh, academic and a very good writer. She said even growing up, she took black American history courses and everything. I never heard any of these stories either. So this was kind of an untold story about this whole way of life that yeah. people had to adopt in order to survive and try to travel. Mm -hmm. uh, because before that time, it was always segregated travels. You had to, the car on the train was the Jim Crow car. And the, nobody, they, you know, and we're talking libraries. I found out that it was illegal for black people to even go into a lot of tax-supported libraries, especially Probably. in the South. Mm -hmm. And then there was even a law. This is another one I learned. And these are just little tidbits, but it should make you interested in, in reading this Overground Railroad book. 
once motorists started driving, there were laws in the South. If you were a black person and you passed a white person with your car, you could be arrested. Oh, and, then, and then there were all kinds of discrimination up here in the North, too. Yeah, Sundown yeah. towns where you couldn't, you'd have to leave before 6 o'clock. You know, you couldn't stay there. You could work there, but you couldn't stay there. And that was one of the ironies, too, that you said the sundown towns in the old days. Now, those places where the black people had their thriving businesses, you wouldn't want to be there after that's, dark. That's right, yeah. Black or white. You just, it was not good neighborhood. So... Um, it's just it very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating thing. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of books on discrimination. There's been The Help, and so that was about black uh, you know, maids mm-hmm. and so forth. And But not a, very few of us have been that way. Yeah, we can empathize with that. Mm-hmm. There were the, the Numbers, which was about right. the, the women, the black women who worked in the NASA programs, but very few of us are scientists. Mm-hmm. Everybody ha- here has driven, though. Everybody in the audience, everybody listening, drives or has driven a car. So this is a very, when you go through the step-by-step of what a person getting into their car, you just get in your car and go wherever you want to now, right? But these people had to plan, where can we go? Here's the green book, okay, we'll try to stay there, we'll move here. And then after World War II, he even published the black colleges, colleges because the GI Bill would give you money to, you know, to, you know, to go to college, mm-hmm. and so there were, but most colleges wouldn't accept black people. And then even, even getting a loan, you had to have a co-signer who was white. I mean, there was mm. all this discrimination. A lot of it I didn't even know about. So yeah. very interesting book. Highly recommend it. Mm. And I have to thank the people at Boswell's for that. And the book, again, is since we're on radio and we need to have the title, it's called The Overground Railroad. And it's the history of basically the rise of black travel in America starting in the 20th century. And the author's it's Candace. Candace. Right? It's like Candace, but it's C-A-N-D-A-C-Y Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Right. She was very good, and it's very interesting and, and uh, very, uh, you know, she said, how much time do you need? I said, well, you know, a half hour, and we stayed on the phone for over an hour, and yeah. so I got a good hour's worth of Excellent. program on Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, right? Sunday night, absolutely. Okay. Well, so, so you're ahead of time. You're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have one more I have to ask you. Oh, um, sure. I listened to one of your, your shows about the small-town radio boss that you had from Illinois who got through to the Dallas Police Department on the day that JFK was assassinated. Yes. And um, the funniest thing I ever... I I stopped and laughed out loud, Bob. You're interviewing your old boss, and you say to him, I'd like to talk about that famous phone call that you had on November 22nd, 1963. He goes, you mean the one about JFK being (laughs) murdered? No, no, the one about Long John's with sprinkles on. What the hell do you think you meant? That was that was funny. But he had some great stories. And then you said that small town radio, that guy just had a knack for getting through and just interviewing people. When you said to him, how did you do this? What was his answer? He said, I just asked. I just went for it. And it was a town smaller than Cedarburg, about 5,000 people. So a 500-watt radio station, not not Ted Knight's 5,000-watt radio. It's a 500, very tiny station. So it was all his own will. He right. just wanted to. He would convince people. But he also said, if I called said, I'm from Anna, Illinois, they might think I'm Chicago. And he never dissuaded them from right. thinking that. Right. You believe what you want to believe. But he was like my inspiration. for. He interviewed all kinds of people. Walter Cronkite, I used his interview yep. for that. In fact, unfortunately, Don, I just found out from his son last week, is, is in hospice now, so oh. Don is near death. But if anybody, you should listen to that uh, JFK show because that Great. that recording has only been heard a couple times on the air anywhere, and it's fascinating. He was able to break through the Dallas Police Department and say, Do you, "I understand you've arrested the man who is a you know." Yes, okay. Well, what's his name? Lee Harvey. 
Oswald, O-S-W-A-L-D. And white male, yes. How, you know, how tall, he just was like, man, man, man. And he said, do you there. want to talk to the guy who arrested him? Yeah. I mean, for God's sake. He's upstairs. I, I, they're kind of busy, but would you like to talk? <laughs> yeah, we talked to the man who arrested him. And then they tried to send him upstairs for other things. It was like Dallas was like a small town back right. then. Right, right. And it's all recorded. It's a fascinating yeah. piece of history. And it's it's been given to universities. And the Dallas, uh, in Dallas, there is a great museum of the seventh floor uh, building uh, the season, where the Texas School Book Depository sure. is. They have it up there, too. So Yeah, yeah. but I, even as interesting as that is, yeah. the, the guy that caught my eye, he interviewed Colonel Sanders. Yes. I He is my hero. I didn't know Colonel <laughs> Sanders was real. <laughs> oh, my God. Not, there are 30 not, of them, I think. Not <laughs> the actors that portray Colonel Sanders. Now, yeah. you know, it's funny because one night I went down the radio station late to, to pick up something, and out comes Don with this old man in a white suit and his very red face. I mean, it looked like, you know. <laughs> well, high cholesterol. Oh, yeah. 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 And he says, Bob, I'd like you to meet Colonel Harlan Sanders. Oh, you met him? Yeah. Oh, man. Just that guy, did you ever read about how many fights he got into a fight in a fist fight during one of his trials, for God's no, sake? No, yes. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. You got to read a book. What a character. Sanders. Oh, man. I love him. All right. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank that you, was, Bob. Absolutely. That was, that was pretty good. Good. You're stuff. all right. That's, uh, so, uh, if you haven't tuned into him yet, you must. Uh, Sunday night, 6 p.m., right here on CPL Radio, and you can find some of his epi- episodes on our podcast page. I'm getting uh, caught up because we switched from SoundCloud to our new service, but we'll get the rest of your old uh, old shows back up there, and they're all wonderful. Uh, great audio. Just, I mean... Thank you. Nothing... nothing yeah, really cool stuff. Nothing... It brings you closer to history, I feel, than the audio side of it, and I think that, that you bring that really wonderfully, and we're really lucky to and have... it's called The Off-Ramp. It is The Off-Ramp. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Excellent. Sunday at 7. We are going to take an off-ramp uh, from the Jack Henke Show and uh, do some quick commercials. We come back. The great singer-songwriter Sam Grady is here and uh, she's got a guitar, so I guess that's a good sign. So when we come back, we're going to hear from her. Can't wait. Enough talking. Let's jam. Here we go. Welcome back to the Jack Henke Show. This is the part of the show that Jeff hates, but everyone else loves. It's the part where he does not have a microphone. So we have given the microphone to our talented and hardworking guest here, Sam Grady, who is here to play two songs for us. And Sam, why don't you tell us about the first one? Yes, uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, the first song I'm going to be singing is uh, a song I wrote way back when called uh, Goodnight Memories. Um, and it's it's a song near and dear to my heart. Um, I've been playing it for a while, but it always kind of brings me back to why I started music. So Great. All right, here we go.
Loved it. I think we just done heard from the next Brandy Carlisle. Do you know who Brandy Carlisle is, Sam? By any chance you ever hear of Brandy Carlisle? Oh, yes. Yes. The she, queen. She better watch out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're on her trail. So you have an EP with the name. What's the name of it? Of the the, song? The, yeah, that was uh, the song of the title track. So it's it's uh, the album's called Goodnight Memories as well. Excellent. So, yeah. So um, you, how long have you been playing music? 
Um, I've been playing music since I was 13. Wow. Um, picked up my old dad's uh, my dad's old uh, Spanish acoustic guitar that was missing a string, and I was like, Dad, I'm going to learn this. And he's like, ha, that's funny. And now here I am. So. <laughs> Fathers would never do that. We're so cynical. We're so supportive. Uh, yes. Well, it, it always it makes me smile when I hear someone as young as you say, well, I wrote this way back when. And I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> that is like a long time ago. Um, but you have another instrument that was the guitar, yeah. and you have with you. I got my uh, ukulele here too. Excellent. So, the, what are you going to play on the ukulele? Another original. Uh, another original, yeah. This one uh, hopefully will not make you cry. I've been known to have kind of sad songs, uh, but this one's called Smile. Um, yeah. Oh, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get the Kleenex. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, I hope you enjoy. Sure. Please share. Fantastic. Now that is talent and gumption. I mean, to, to write original music and for ukulele, that's impressive. So thank you very much for being with us thank here today. Thank you so much. And if people yeah. want to know where you are playing live, where should they go? Yeah, you, you can check out uh, my events uh, on uh, my Facebook page, Sam Grady Music. Um, yeah, I post all the stuff that I'm um, playing. All right. Well, the Jack Hankey show is going to like your page. So it's cool. So <laughs> thanks very thank much. You. So thank you. We'd like to thank the big head cheese. That's right. Linda Pershala. Good to be here. But yes. then I'm here all the time. <laughs> Usually you walk past this door very quickly when we're in here. Shaking your head. Going today you, got, you got sucked in today, Linda. That's the way it goes. But thank you very much. You're a good sport. And it heck, was fun. Great. And also the Bob Smith. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Voice talent. Many talents. Try to be. You know some big shots? <laughs> You've interviewed some big ones, so we'll have to have you back to talk more. Oh, sure. Enjoy that. Uh, great. In the meantime, Sunday night, and uh, the Overground Railroad will be featured this Sunday night at what time, Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Yeah, Central Time, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank Fantastic. You. All right, everybody, that's the show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for everybody who stopped in. And uh, One last you know, thing. Yes. We are going on a talent hunt this Saturday. We're Saturday gonna be night. At, in my day, we called it Broken Mike, but now it's called what? Open Mike. Well, the Bluebird Cafe. Bluebird Best Cafe. of. It's their 
best of uh, event and uh, mm. 10x, and uh, we will be there with like a clipboard and a cigar saying, hey, kid, you want to be on the radio? Yeah, just sign yeah. right here. <laughs> so uh, if you see us there, come out, come on over and say hi. Yeah, we'll absolutely. pull some pictures, but we're looking forward to that and right. uh, looking forward to hear more from Sam Grady. Sam too. Grady, was well, absolutely wonderful today. Thank just you so fantastic. much. And thanks for our studio doubt. audience. They're absolutely. our devoted duo. They are, yes. <laughs> we're hoping for a trio next week. You never know. So thanks again to Linda and Linda Parchel, the library director, Bob Smith, Sam Grady, audio production by Scott Roush, as always, making us all sound ah. wonderful. And the friends of the library, the library board, David Nimmer, who's always very helpful. He was here for a moment saying hi, and then he, uh, he, probably, he probably started moving some furniture. He's been a busy guy <laughs> lately. So uh, wonderful stuff. Come back next week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Jack Hankey Show from the community room of the Cedarburg Public Library. Thanks, everybody. It's time once again for the Jack Hankey International Master Radio Thespians of Ozaki County. The following is a dramatization of actual comments from the Cedarburg Uncensored posts on Facebook regarding what we like to call the plowed-in car in the parking lot of Circle B on a snowy Saturday night in January. The Master Thespians are now taking their places on the stage. How ridiculous. Just some salty plow driver mad that there was a car instead of seeing that someone was being responsible. Did she ask to leave the car? Does that matter? Well, I'm wondering if she would have been advised to put the car elsewhere in the lot if she had mentioned that she was too drunk to motor home. But you can't just leave your places and not tell a business. I mean, we all knew it was going to snow. Jeez, you should hear yourself. Not sounding good. There is no bar in the county that isn't okay with you parking your car overnight. Would you prefer she drove? It's not like the border of the parking lot is 300 plus yards long that is being a deliberate ass. She should not have left the car in the middle of the lot when a foot of snow was falling. That makes it okay to purposely plow all the snow around the car, damaging it? Oh, look who needs a hug. You must be a Democrat. Whoever drove her home should have helped her move her car out of the middle of the lot before they left. If you leave your car in the middle of a parking lot that you know has to be plowed, you should expect to be plowed in. Bravo, though, for not drinking and driving. Pretty sure police can be involved if a crime was committed on private property. This is not a parking lot fender bender, which the popo might not be involved in. The plow driver had other options. They chose that. A choice. Judgment involved, and they chose to do that. Plus, that would take more time and fuel than working around a parked car. They chose to waste the time and fuel to be an ass. That is not the character and judgment I would put up with if the person worked for me. Anyone putting this on the car owner might want to check themselves. Well, it's also a dick move to leave your car in the middle of the parking lot when you know it has to be plowed. Move it to one end, but don't leave it in the middle, for God's sake. I call bull****. What was going on at Circle B that the lot was full? Did I miss Beach Week or something? Don't punish someone for realizing they are too drunk to drive and catching a ride. Be a decent human being. 
I don't care what her excuse is. Have someone move the car. Be an adult. You f***ing suck. You're seriously shaming this person for not drinking and driving? This is unacceptable. The plow driver very clearly did this on purpose to be an ass. There's nothing wrong with making the responsible choice to leave your car if you can't drive. If she was unable to move her car to the side of the parking lot, she should have had someone else move it. Leaving it in the middle was irresponsible. You're kind of a judgmental bitch, huh? Why so vulgar? No. I'm a responsible adult who thinks other adults should be responsible too. How's this for vulgar, Scott? You sound like a tool. Smug, self-righteous tool. How you like me now? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.